Hi, welcome to Comics Unscripted, the podcast from Foreign Press Comics. I'm your host, Kyler Merrill, and today we have John Westoff. He's back. He's been on the podcast before, but he's the creator of um, projects like Drumsticks of Doom, Depowered, um, a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm probably forgetting. Um, those are the big two. Uh, part-time comics is kind of his jam. Um, how are you doing, John? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, did, I, did I miss anything there in your intro or anything I should have mentioned? No, the most important thing, yes, I am the publisher, writer, letterer for Part-Time Comics. That is kind of my uh, my solo company, but yeah, I'm involved in all the projects there. You named uh, named some of our most recent ones, so we appreciate you keeping up with us. <laughs> yeah, I, I named the two that I had most recent on my on my mind, which I knew was the Drumsticks and um, Depowered. So um, and I knew that there was others um, that I can't even think of that you were probably on here the first time to talk about, and... I cannot remember for the life of me. That's all, all right. It's been a minute. Stack. On the stack was our Magic the Gathering zine. We just did a tribute to uh, the Simpsons comics up yeah. in Let's Go. We did Child Possession Services. So we, That's we've had the one. quite a few releases in the last, it'll be about two years since our first uh, comic released. I got a question about that, actually. So um, this is a prepared sorry. question, but so where did the title for the Simpsons one come from? Because recently I, this past, I say year, probably year two maybe three i just slowly went through the entire simpsons catalog on disney plus yeah which was (laughs) again it took two or three years because like i would watch it for like you know two or three weeks at a time and then be like i'm good i gotta i gotta move on gotta switch it up (laughs) but um anyway so where did the title come from like is that a line in the show or is it yes so that when they make the uh the terrible radioactive man movie and rainier wolf cancel wolf castle can't get the line right of up and adam Oh. Um, or, I'm sorry. No, when when they're in the comic shop and Milhouse is describing the knockoff radioactive man to him, and uh, it's Radiation Dude, and his tagline is "Up and Let's Go" instead of "Up and Adam." That's what it was. Uh, okay. Oh so, yeah, one of those inside jokes that you know, I it stuck in my head right away, and then I was like, I have to go with it because it, it kind of lends to the, uh, you know, the whole uh, inside joke of of the whole book. So <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole bootleg aspect. It kind of it fits in there. I knew it had to be something like that, but I was just like, I was like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Cause it was, I was also going to go with up and up and at them, which uh, is the Rainier Wolf Castle line. But <laughs> Oh yeah. 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 I think I remember that one. Um, but yeah, so I kind of, I know that I feel like, um, I don't, again, it's kind of the problem that we kind of mentioned a little bit before we started recording, but that I feel like a lot of people have is that, the years run into each other and I don't remember what happened this year, what happened last year, but um, I feel like um, 2022 has maybe been a mix for you. Um, I don't remember when um, the first issue of Depowered came out. Um, was that 2021? It was about this time last year. So we, we had launched a Kickstarter, you know, about this time last year, didn't go so well, went to Indiegogo, didn't go so well. Then we ended up with Depowered. Uh, yeah, about December, I think I actually mailed it out in uh, in January, so it'll be one year. Okay, so <laughs> you're, you're like, close. It's, you know, it was, I was a couple say, years it, ago. it was close enough to 2022. I'll count it. Yeah, right. Um, plus, I'm the one keeping score, so I can fudge <laughs> the books if I want to. Um, so, I guess, like, what, do you have anything, any comment or anything on that? Anything you learned from that experience of, cause you tried, you know, you tried several different things we, we talked about this on, on, um, another thing kind of on, uh, for, uh, Sierra Nova's comic convention last year. And, um, we talked a little bit about 
this kind of thing. But um, was there anything you really learned from that, from going through so many different iterations and keep continuing to try the same thing? Well, I mean, the, the feedback from the book is positive. So one thing I learned is, you know what, if, if you have confidence in the product, and I'm not all that confident of a person, but, you know, I, I, I felt good about the art. I felt like we had a decent story. I wanted it to get out there uh, and hear what people say. So I've gotten good feedback on it. So that's, you know, one thing I've learned is, you know, uh, you know, have a show a little perseverance and uh, you can reach your goal. Now, financially, I would say I learned slow down. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I was in such a rush. I should have, to be honest with you, and I, I think I said this to you on the Sierra Nova, you know, podcast we did together. Mm -hmm. I probably should have just relaunched the Kickstarter a month or two later and not been so stubborn and said, you know, go to a different platform, do something else. I, I, I don't know. I got really stuck on the fact that I failed and people wouldn't come back to it. And then I, I got stuck on, well, I might as well try another platform since it didn't work out here. And that was just a mistake. I'm, I'm sure I could have relaunched it two months later and recouped, uh, you know, a, a better amount. Instead, I, I ended up with um, direct sales on my website, which was great. I really appreciate the 50 or 60 people that bought it. Wow. But it was definitely lower than we needed it to be. So now I've kind of dug mm. myself a hole. And now the second issue, which will be coming out soon, we'll hopefully talk about it in a minute. Mm. It, it, it was delayed because of that. But you know what? It's indie comics. We're on our own timeline. I, I, I was, I wanted the issues to come out every other month or so, you know, really get it done, mm -hmm. kind of get in a schedule. And because of, you know, my own stubbornness or really my own anxiety about it and just kind of panicking and, and, and making not the greatest decisions financially, I, I put, I, I put myself and the team behind and now, you know, we're, you know, 12 months behind with the schedule we wanted to be. But again, in the end, you know, we still, I still feel like we have a great first issue. We're going to have a great second issue. And then I think it, it'll end up being, a good series with a lot of lessons learned <laughs> along the way. <laughs> and do you think that, um, I imagine that, that, um, uh, having it been on Kickstarter kind of helped in a marketing sense, because I just, in my experience, at least, and from what I've kind of heard from other people, um, direct sales aren't always like a yeah, Kickstarter usually has a lot better numbers than direct sales, but those are, those sound like, I mean, 50 to 60 sounds like pretty good sales for just, you know, something. So it was the, Am I correct in assuming that the Kickstarter was kind of a good marketing of sorts and getting it out there and now people were more aware of it? For sure. For sure. I don't think we would have really, we, we don't really move the needle much on the site. Uh, like we mm -hmm. put up the latest issue of uh, child possession services. Um, you know, again, just like Kickstarter, people can come there and buy it direct, but for whatever reason, you know, people get excited about those crowdfunding campaigns and we even put some of the, um, you know, the tchotchkes and the, in the, in the tiers, for depowered on the site and, and people didn't really buy them even after the Kickstarter. So there's mm. just some, I learned again, there's just something about the excitement of Kickstarter and, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just has to be, I think part of, mm -hmm. you know, our tool that we use, you know, for our books, yeah. uh, it doesn't have to be the sole, uh, you know, funding site, which is good, but uh, we, we still, it, it's, it's just so funny because we had 127 backers or something like that for the book. And then, again, half of that only came to buy it direct because it's the same book. They could have got the same book, the same rewards, but you know, they did not want to come to the site even when I emailed yeah. through Kickstarter. Um, so that was, that was interesting, but still, it's still good to know that people will, will come direct. If I hype mm -hmm. it up enough, uh, we can yeah. do a combination of the two, you know? Yeah. I, I literally having this conversation this past weekend with someone who about 
a foreign press project and they were like why they're like can we just like print it ourselves and they're like, i'll put up some capital like we can just we can you know we can manpower our way into this and i was like yeah we can but like it's just not the same i think it's that um kickstarter or the fact that kickstarter has a like an ending point you mm-hmm. know really like forces people to like be to buy into it which is partially why i think that you know indiegogo might not have as much uh, that's one i don't know maybe i know i don't know i think part of it is like i don't know that's a whole other thing um that i don't know if you want to get into or not was the difference between the two platforms or anything you um you learned because i don't know it, it didn't it seemed like indiegogo was definitely under performed performed underneath under the kickstarter significantly significantly uh, i've done two indiegogos in the last 10 or so years our first one, you know, about a decade ago did fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one did, uh, it was abysmal. Uh, again, mm-hmm. promoting to the same crowd um, yeah. that just backed it on Kickstarter, the same um, mailing list, the same social media followers. We got less than 10 backers. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, in a, in a, you know, four or five, you know, uh, I think it was 28 day campaign. So I think there's something to be said there. Uh, again, mm-hmm. that's a very small sample size. I'm just one person. They just, I just did a crowdfunder that, that didn't publish. So maybe there was some um, lack in faith that it would go through, but there's definitely something to be said there. If people are, are interested in using the two, uh, they're just, there's, there is more incidental traffic on Kickstarter for one. And then I, I do think there is some, um, you know, there is some, some social issues uh, associated mm-hmm, yeah. with, with the platform, which, um, you know, whether you're involved in them or not, I think uh, it, it, it appears uh, for especially again, I, I've talked to other creators who've used it as well. Um, it do, just doesn't have the volume of, of, yeah. of you know supporters who get their emails mm-hmm. and, and come to the site casually. I, I get a ton of casual backers on Kickstarter I've never met. Mm-hmm. You know, I get their little thing and it says, you know, Frank who's back 267 other projects back to your project, and you're like, wow, that's cool. You know, just people yeah. come here to buy like it's their comic shop. Yeah, uh, Kickstarter does a good job with that. Yeah. And exactly. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people um, forget about. But um, you mentioned a little bit earlier. I mean, so what's going on with um, kind of Depowered number two? And if you want to kind of give an update on Depowered and as well on Drumsticks of Doom, because those are kind of your two things that are both about to hit their second issue. Um, they're both kind of, at least from the outside, seem to be in similar ish stages. But I might be wrong in that. No, you're right on. They're both, um, you know, we're planned miniseries. Thankfully, we did have uh, awesome success with Drumsticks of Doom number one in January and then number two in August of this year. So we're on to issue three in January. And I decided this time that we mm-hmm. would kind of combine them together um, just because I, I, I think there's a lot of hype around Drumsticks of Doom right now. I, they're under the same company umbrella. And, um, you know, it is hard. You know, you know, as somebody who's run a crowdfunding, it, people think it's just, you know, kind of launch it and wait for the money to roll in. But it's a lot. It takes a lot of your time and attention. So, so to launch another one for Depowered in a month or so, you know what? I figured let's try them, try them together. Do kind of a, a subscription plan of sorts. Uh, if people yeah. want both books, they can just get them together. So both the next issues, Drum Six and Doom Three. I wanted to have two and two together, uh, but I did not. We were not far enough along in Depowered where I was confident mm. enough that it would get done on time. So we'll go with issue three of Drum Six and issue two of Depowered. Two new issues, five issues total. You can get all you know, one, two, and three of, of drumsticks and, and one and two of depowered. 
we'll have uh, you know variant covers, metal covers, all kinds of fun things uh, in January. We'll be launching that, so it'll be our first uh, crowdfunder of next year. Yeah, nice. That's pretty. Um, I don't know. I, I I've I'm always I've always wanted to do like multiple projects in one um, Kickstarter, but it's just it's a lot, especially because like you said, like I'm I did my Kickstarter back in. We launched in June which means that we started, I started building the campaign in probably January-ish, February, <laughs> March, right? and I still have not shipped out books. So <laughs> it is almost an entire year now on this one campaign, which part of that was due to some printing errors that happened that weren't the printer's fault. Um, there was some, an issue with the binder, and there was um, a, just a little, there's just a few minor things here and there, hiccups that, you know, just, but overall, it's kind of just, it's been a lot longer than I expected it to be. I expected, you know, I expected maybe by October ish we'd be done, you know, it'd be cool. But no, it's December now and I'm like still like I haven't, I haven't shipped out yet. Like I'm it's just it's just a much longer process. Mm. And not that that process is like all intense work. You know, it's not like every day I'm having to go push the Kickstarter like I did for the that one month. But still it's still just and if nothing else sitting in the back of my mind like weighing on me almost just like Still got to do that. Still haven't had it out yet. And I was trying to explain that to my girlfriend the other day. Just like, I want to get it done. I just need it out of here, out of my mind. I think think that's a very good thing to talk about because that is something you wouldn't understand if you've never done it. Um, It does. It it does. It takes up kind of that mental bandwidth you have. And you're always kind of like checking, okay, is this done? And, you know, even like with Drumsticks 1, I was still fulfilling it while we launched 2. So you're kind of, you know, checking on backers and then you got people emailing you, hey, I didn't get my book yet. And, uh, you know, you got to update them. There's just all these little things when, when, again, you only have so much mental bandwidth to go around, only so much time. uh, It does kind of eat at you. So I I like doing the the multiple books at once. I've done that a few times. One of my first um, crowdfunding failures was a subscription plan, you know, about about eight or nine years ago where we we wanted to do a bunch of trade paperbacks and stuff. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we went a little too far, but. Uh, I've done it several times. We just did on the stack, our magic, the gathering zine yeah. and the aforementioned uh, Simpsons uh, tribute together. And that was a lot of fun. And again, you know, the audiences I felt like would be similar. So why not offer mm-hmm. them at the same time? And that was, that was cool to see people, um, you know, back both. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you can do it, I, I recommend it, but it's not for everybody because you're balancing a whole lot mm-hmm. at once. <laughs> yeah. Plus other projects that are going on in the background, you know, the next one that you're trying to get ready. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely respect the people that say one at a time and then yeah. move on to the next. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, um, that's what I, that's the advice I got from Tyler James earlier this year when I interviewed him, I kind of asked him that same question. Is it like, what, what are your, what were his thoughts on that whole thing? And he just said, it's, it seems better to do one at a time, but I mean, obviously it's worked for you. It's worked for you in the past and like, hopefully it'll work for you in the future this, in January after this comes out. But like, you know, it's just, like you said, a big part of it is just the fact that it takes up so much bandwidth. And like, I think kind of like what we mentioned before about Kickstarter is that like that, um, that like sense of, I have to back it now, like kind of diminishes a little bit when you have multiple things going on, mm-hmm. whereas it's not just like all focused so much. Um, but that could be just me reading into things in my opinions. Um, but you know, so it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, I assume, but I assume you're also, Never mind. I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to. Um, I want to save that for a little bit later. Um, but what do you think? Um, we kind of talked about uh, lessons you've learned in 
this year, which though as far as um, depowered and things like that, um, what would you consider as yourself in co- as a comic creator or as um, just like the whole part-time comics banner? Um, what would like, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment or one of your greatest accomplishments of 2022? Well, I, I, you know, I think in the last, I mean, we, we counted, like you said earlier, the years blend together. And in yeah. this case, I'll count it with, again, Depowered being a little bit of a struggle. I still count that coming out, even though it was long in production, you know, six, seven, eight months in, in 2021. Mm-hmm. It came out in January. And since then, um, we've released we've released six books. Um it, you know, uh, drumsticks of doom. We've done, we've got two issues. I just sent the second one to print. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and count that one too. Yeah. Uh, just sent it to print this week. Uh, we have, we had depowered. We had the two zines that I mentioned, and then we had a digital, uh, uh, issue of uh, child possession services that came out in September. So six issues in one year is a lot. You know, I, I made the name part-time comics kind of tongue in cheek because, um, you know, that's where I'm at in life, right? It's, it, this mm-hmm. is my part-time gig. So, I, uh, I I try to set limits on myself and how much I do, but it doesn't always work. As you see, a lot of projects yeah. came together at the same time this year, which is what I wanted when I relaunched this, you know, two or three years ago, you know, I wanted to build up some more series, some more ongoing things. Um, I own, I had only planned to do, you know, four books this year, but the artist for child possession services, Bob Gar, my longtime, you know, uh, collaborator, he was able to do some pages and then mm-hmm. someone last year about this time, uh, offered up the great idea of the Simpsons anthology, and I just couldn't pass up on that one. So the plan changed, but I'm still very proud that, you know, despite that, we were able to get six books out in a year, which again mm-hmm. is a lot. Were you always, this is just something I just thought of just now, were you always planning on doing a follow up to um, On the Stack? So pretty soon after On the Stack, we were. There was actually quite a few people who reached out, some of it which didn't even end up being able to contribute, but just the excitement of seeing the book and reading it and saying, Oh my God, I have an idea. Uh, that really sparked it right away. I was like, Oh gosh, we did this awesome book. People are responding and other people are now asking me if they can be a part of it. Um, so I, I did plan that, uh, pretty soon after, um, after, uh, the first one was, was shipped and out there because people, the, the response was so great from the magic and, and art community that, yeah, that one was definitely on the schedule for this year. And I imagine you got a lot of, um, like, did you get a not a lot of non comics people to support that? And same with the, um, the Simpsons zine you had, did you have a lot of people who were non comics people who were just into either magic or Simpsons, the Simpsons, like kind of hop onto that. Did you notice any of that at all? Well, what I will say is it's difficult in the, um, in the digital world, right. You know, when we're selling mostly online. Mm-hmm. But I will say a lot of my peers in the magic community that I know don't back, you know, comics. Uh, several of them told me that uh, this is my first Kickstarter I backed. Uh, so I, I've had that. A lot of people that I follow, like on Twitter that, you know, I know don't really talk about comics like, you know, you and I might in circles. Mm-hmm. They back the book. There's a, There was a lot, a ton of names that aren't backing my other projects. So mm. again, I can't assume they may buy comics at home and I don't know. Yeah. But again, I would assume, uh, you know, they came to it you know, for the, 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 the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am seeing that a lot uh, with the Simpsons scene, same thing. A lot of faces, faces, so to speak, names that yeah. I don't recommend or, or don't recognize <laughs> from other projects. You know, the, the regular people uh, 
that I see, you know, the names on the list. So that's, that's really cool. And that's what I was hoping for. Now, of course you always help, you know, while they're there, they'll pick up some of the other stuff and maybe they will in the future, but I'm seeing a lot of names um, that uh, I don't recognize from, from other campaigns. So I have to assume, you know, that, that the subject matter helped kind of bring them there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's kind of something that's on my mind as we record this, because I was just at the gym and I'm one of those weird people who listens to podcasts while I work out. Um, <laughs> not all the time. Like if I'm lifting some, if I'm doing like something really heavy, like I'm really pushing myself, like I had to put on music, but like, if I'm just kind of in there just to turn off my mind, you know, podcast is the way to do it. And so I was listening to one, he, uh, it's, I'm trying to find his name. Um, Bruno Batista, who, um, he's a, he owns a comic shop, I think in Dublin. Anyway, he was on an episode of off panel and he was talking about how a lot of comics, especially indie comics now, it's harder to one of the reasons it's harder for shops to sell them is that they don't have an audience or like it, like, a. it's just harder to sell them because like, there's no, Hey, if you like X, you'll like this comic. And I feel like that was really helpful for, um, those two books that we just mentioned for, of yours that like, you know, you were able to say, Hey, if you like magic, this is for you. If you like the Simpsons, this is for you. And I feel like that, I imagine that like, and you just showed that that was a big part and that was a big step. And that obviously the hope is that those people will then back one of your other Kickstarters because they're like, hey, this guy made something cool. Let me back another thing. Let me read yeah. a comic once. And some of my collaborators, I haven't been able to get out to a ton of shows with the books, but they have. And they're like, hmm. yeah, it's such an easy sell. Oh, do you like The Simpsons? We did a tribute. Oh, there, there you know, go. There it goes. So, yeah. so that's cool to hear, too. I didn't even think about that. Thanks, that Mac so Rating and Fox, uh, Disney Fox, for letting me uh, don't sue me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say for not suing you. Um, but yeah, I didn't even think about that because that's one of the I went to conventions for the first time this year. And like that was one of the harder things is having to like explain my book. Like I know what it is in my head and I have the one sentence pitch written down. I probably should have practiced it more, but it was just harder to sell things in person, you know, especially my things. And it was just like that just makes it so much easier. And I had not really thought about that until the magic, the gathering zine. Um, it's insanely hard. Even again, when you pitch the, um, you know, like you said, it, it's this meets this, like a lot of people say, mm -hmm. if you do that, that line that it's still, it's very hard to hand sell at, especially at a convention. Uh, Drumsticks of doom, I feel like has a, a decent one line tagline, mm -hmm. but when you get into like child possession services or depowered, now I'm talking for like, you know, two or three sentences and exactly. you kind of see them like trailing off. It's like, well, it's like really sad superheroes. And they're like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, exactly. But if you, if you can give them, you know, the IP that they're actually, you know, would recognize that, oh, now they're interested to speak. They're going to pick it up, yeah. flip through it. So yeah, believe me, uh, I, I'm starting to learn that in my old age that uh, if you are going to go around selling, you know, face to face, uh, you, you got to have something that can be, can be pitched in one or two sentences. Yeah. And I, I, I well, you don't have to, about, but it makes it yeah. easier. <laughs> but like I was saying, I didn't even think about it, but like Drumsticks of Doom is another thing with like a built in audience. Like you have either just music fans, like people who are musicians, like music, whatever, but just met, and then more specifically metal fans. Like you have a whole other built in audience right there. You can just at a convention, like, hey, you like metal? There you yep. go. First like, show I did with it, I said, hey, you, you like heavy metal and comics? I got a comic for you. And it would get, exactly. even if they didn't buy, they would stop and look. Yeah. And they'd see the werewolves and stuff. Oh, and she's got a big, you know, yeah, lightning coming out of the sky. You know, oh, that's cool. You know, uh, it it it's it's definitely been um been my easiest to pitch in in the the the, the times I've gotten to do it yeah. face to face. <laughs> my problem was selling my book Terminal. I'm like, well, it's just a really introspective book about how one guy uh, 
his whole life went terrible and he has cancer and his wife divorced him and his dad died and now he's falling <laughs> to earth introspectively and it's mostly silent and like i i can't it's, i can't sell that at a convention and i'm like dang yeah like, oh i've read tons of books like that um anthologies are like that like yeah well, it's a mix of you know it, it, that it can be yeah that's kind of what i'm looking forward to with the fletcher cross anthology at least like there's a we built in a story you know so it like has a full narrative going throughout it's like a guy and he goes to see all these different cool worlds you know there's kind yep. of a thing whereas i don't know like like we were just like we were talking about which i'm we're just, we're kind of we're i'm gonna start spiraling and going repeating myself again but um anyway i kind of want to get on to um i kind of want to if you are cool with it, I uh, kind of want to move on to the our list, our best of, or favorites of, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, let's do it. Before we do that, we will take a quick break. And we're back. I have to take that pause because that way I can go back into the edit and i know that the part where there's a big break that's the one because i've been spent way too long looking for that break now and i'm like True. can't find it can't find it <laughs> i'm learning i'm i do learn anyway we're here to talk about our um best of or favorite things of 2022 favorite comic related things we have some topics um but they don't have to be the best. They're just our favorites. Um, and they don't have to be something that came out in 2022. Just could be something that we discovered for the first time this year. Um, so um, I guess I, uh, we can start with something um, a little bit more broad and just talk about some, um, I guess we could have done this in the, in the opening too, but um, in the first half, the, the biggest, um, some big comics news or things that affected indie comics in 2022. Um, did you have anything in particular that you were like, that when I, if, when you saw that, you were like, oh, this is the thing, this is the topic. You know, this is one, when I originally saw your list, I thought I would struggle with, you know, we, we mm -hmm. mentioned a couple of times, you know, the years blending together, especially, uh, especially with comic news. I'm not as, I'm not as connected, but all of a sudden I was thinking about it and I, I have to say the only thing that jumps out to me and I looked it up to make sure was the change in comicsology that mm. I think that is the biggest news, Didn't especially for for our circles, um, you know, I used to, you know, sell a few, you know, a few dozens issues uh, a mm. year on Comixology. We would get included in sales and we would have, you know, uh, several hundred downloads of some issues. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, I think it was huge. Taking away the Comixology submit from the indie community was huge. Changing that format in general has been terrible. I don't even use it anymore. It's it's awful. The choice was 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 terrible, and I think it was it's going to be to the detriment of uh of comics in general long term because it was mm -hmm. the you know digital comics site, yeah. and they made some horrible choices. You know, for those who don't know, you know, look it up. You know, um, but if you don't use the platform, you wouldn't really uh, know the yeah. differences. But the biggest thing again is that they took away the Comicsology submit program, which allowed a lot of us indie creators to get our books on the biggest digital platform in the world. Uh, for comics and uh, i think that was just it's going to be a huge mm -hmm. uh hit to this community i had i hadn't even thought of that until and i was literally was thinking about that on the same podcast i was listening to earlier they were talking about comicsology and i was like i should go back and look and see how that what the process looks like now but i really just don't want to just because of how much it um it how many problems it caused but um kind of like you I, I with the when i have this topic on here i'm like i don't didn't know what to put and then all of a sudden i like it all hit me and so I had a few that I'm not really going to talk about a lot, but um, 
the new all the new crowdfunding platforms like Zoop came out this year. We have Crowdfunder now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I said a lot of new crowdfunders, but we have two new ones that are there to add to the space, maybe. So I don't know if those are the biggest. Um, I know there were some changes to Diamond, which um, makes me feel like it might be easier for smaller publishers to get into Diamond in the first place. Um, I don't really know a lot of details about that. I heard that on a podcast and I'm going with it. (laughs) But um, I think the two biggest ones were one was the lack of news on the Kickstarter blockchain stuff. Because I was thinking about last year's news and one of the things that we had talked about was that the Kickstarter announced they're moving to the blockchain. And then mm-hmm. it was supposed to happen by September of this year. And we've yet to hear anything. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, I'm boycotting Kickstarter. I'm never using it again. And then to this day, they still haven't done anything about it. And I think that's a big thing. Um, but I think the biggest one that isn't necessarily comics, but I think it is, is just the whole Twitter thing. I think that's the biggest thing to affect indie comics in 2022, potentially. Um, or one of the biggest. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that aspect of it. Well, yeah. Uh, honestly, I hadn't really thought about that in terms of comics, but I think you're right. Uh, I think you kind of have your finger on the pulse. It, it, it's funny, you know, where our, our minds kind of operate. Uh, you know, we're, we're in that indie comics zone. But you're right. Um, the Kickstarter thing was huge. It was about this time last year. We were about to launch uh, Drum Six of Doom. We were considering, you know, what do we do? We already have it up for pre-launch. Do we go with mm-hmm. it and then go with a different one down the road? And so far, they've kind of backed away from that, or it hasn't yeah. happened as quickly as possible. So, but yeah, there's a lot of different options out there, which I'm I'm looking forward to trying. I think that is important long term. We mentioned one at the start of the show, which hasn't, um, you know, been as successful for some people. So it's good to have other options. Mm-hmm. I've backed several. Uh, Crowdfunder, fundraiser was another one I did. Oh. Zoop, I've done Zoop. So it's cool. Uh, I think it's cool. Each one seems to have its own way of uh, presenting the books and 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 kind of doing that that pre-order system that we so desperately need. Mm-hmm. outside of you know having a, a diamond loosen up some of their their reins but but twitter i think you're right i hadn't thought about that that's huge uh the changes to twitter the the chaos that it is right now uh the the lack of people using it i think it's gonna reverberate through the community it's my it's my biggest um social media engagement i yeah you know kickstarter gives you the stats i i see people you know post on twitter all the time hey you know i just backed your book I know that that brings me in a ton of, of interaction. Mm-hmm. So it causes me some anxiety, but it also causes me anxiety to use it in general. Now it's such a yeah. cesspool. It always was, <laughs> but you know, you get your, your, you, you kind of curate your list and, and yeah. you can manage it, but it's, it's, it's become a, a problem and it, it's not just one that we can just, you know, ignore long-term. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really having an impact on, on the planet really. So yeah. Uh, it's something that probably needs to go away sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, like, so other options uh, ho- are starting to open up. Yeah. Obviously, it has like other implications outside of comics, but you know, it's just in terms of you know free speech and just you know Elon Musk kind of being a douche. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's just I like you said, Twitter is definitely the big thing, and then on top of the whole Elon Musk of it all, like just how difficult Twitter can be is just so frustrating because I'll have I just. Sometimes I feel like I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks because like random tweets will like get a bunch of likes and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like getting a lot of engagement on and then other things like that. I really need engagement on don't do anything. And I'm just like, what, what do I do? You know, it's just so, it's just so difficult. And I think the year before, I think Facebook was in this, this spot. Now Twitter, like you said, is becoming more difficult to get through the noise. 
Mm-hmm. And boy, is Facebook really clamped down. I mean, you can't yeah. get anyone to see your posts for yeah. anything. If you put yeah. a link or any anything that even smells like it's <laughs> going to engage you off the site, you're toast. So yeah, they're all becoming very, very difficult. Um, so I think that's, that's the news. Um, there's the news. Um, so I, I, let's, let's, did you have a, a new writer, uh, that you discovered in 2022 or a favorite writer that you, um, read a lot of or anything like that, a writer, let's go start with that. You know, it's, it, this one took me a while. I, I kind of was like, well, I kept thinking I had a writer and then I was like, oh, again, you know, that was 2020 or, or no, I've already, I did read one of their books before. So when I was trying to focus on new, I kept coming back to, to an indie book, which I, you know, Hey, that's a good thing. Uh, a truly indie self-published book called Magic Powder by Jeff Schilling and his, his awesome art and uh, coloring team. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Schiller. I shouldn't even say his name right. Um, I met Jeff on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, promoting his book, probably in one of the the many um, uh, promote your Kickstarter chains that I'm in often, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's his his book, which which now has three issues out. Uh, I think I think it kind of bled back into 2021, but I hadn't picked it up until uh, mid summer, uh, and now I've read all three issues. It is a it is an urban take on the fantasy tropes, you know, elves and dwarves arguing over this magic dust. Um, it's, it's very much, you know, Sopranos meets Lord of the Rings. Um, and, you know, which can sound, eh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily always into, the, you know, shows like The Wire and stuff like that that are real gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, man, this just hits. Uh, he pl- packs so much into it. There's so many factions doing different things that it, it's almost by the end. You have to close it and reread it again. Um, but not in a bad way. You're not confused. You're just like, oh, God, he only gave me, you know, four panels of this Minotaur guy. And he only gave me. <laughs> You know, two two panels of the dwarf king who went to jail, and and you want more. Um, yeah. So I I, I I kept thinking of of his book. I, I've mentioned it probably to death on Twitter and other places. Uh, it's Magic Powder. You can get it at getmagicpowder.com. Yep. And uh, Jeff Schiller is is my new writer uh, that that definitely jumps out for this list. I didn't realize that that was. I'd seen it around. I didn't realize that was like completely self published. I thought it was like with a publisher or something. I assumed just by the amount that I'd seen it around, I assumed it was a lot bigger than that, which is impressive, I think. Um, mine was um, a person that I had met on Twitter and then met him by chance at a Comic-Con here in um, Oklahoma, uh, Travis Hill. Um, I don't know if you know Travis, um, but he has – I have two Ashkanser zines or whatever you want to call them of the Black Gun, which uh, – or Black Gun, which is about Bass Reeves, which – I'm into because he's like one of the, he's a black uh, marshal in Oklahoma um, and that's going to come out with Band of Bards. And then he has this book, Alaska by, and I just added him just because a lot of my list end up being people that I've worked with or talked to or interviewed or something over the past year. Mm-hmm. And so um, they just, um, I don't know. I just really like his work and he was a cool dude. And so that's why I just, I felt like he would needed to be my, um, my writer. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just, I th- also just thought it was really cool to just, it's always cool to meet people off Twitter espe- or off of offline, especially <laughs> when I wasn't planning on it. I had no idea. I just was scrolling Twitter at my table and I was like, he had a picture there and I was like, that's the same place. He's right I went over there. I <laughs> went around the corner and I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up, dude? Um, yeah. Um, what about an artist? So my artist new to me, uh, she's a woman who's been working in the industry for a decade. Um, I, Similar to the other people we just mentioned, you know, you kind of see them around in your circles, but I, I had not really sat down and read her work, enjoyed her art, 
you know, saw her on, you know, Twitter, Instagram. She's, you know, friends with some other collaborators that I work with, but just never, never really sat down to read her book. And that's Kaylin Smith. I picked up her book Plume. And uh, since uh, she's had a, uh, another successful Kickstarter for a huge hardcover she does. Uh, she does amazing work on Webtoons. You can see a lot of her work for free. Uh, she's got, again, I've seen her art. She's very um, cartoony, manga style. She's very curvaceous characters, big eyes. Uh, she has, a, a, you can tell it's her style when you see it, uh, just really in how she does the faces. And I'm so glad that I finally sat down and, and picked up some of her work. She was recommended to work with for one of our projects, so that was kind of how I met her. And then I felt, oh, you know, uh, we're we're working together, and I haven't really seen any of your sequential work, just you know, static images. Let me sit down, and boy, she can do it all: story, art, lettering. Um, it's always cool when you meet somebody like that. That's just you know, the triple threat uh, can do it all, and uh, I'm just very impressed with, with her work. Again, I've got a couple of her books now on the shelf, and 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 hoping for more in the future. Yeah, I, I had never heard of her, but I'm looking at Plume and I'm super intrigued. Her art is great and I want to read it. And so I'm saving and bookmarking the tab. Um, <laughs> I'll admit there's one artist that I didn't add to my list because I didn't have time to read her stuff because I forgot. Um, but I bought it on her store, um, Natasha Alterisi. But um, anyway, she's from Oklahoma too. But um, that I met or I heard about through um, literati press here, but mine, I put, I chose chase Bishop. He's um, an artist that I, I chose him just again, another person that I had worked with. Um, he has this web comic in the paths of yesterday. I worked on with him on a comic for um, uh, fugitive poems, uh, their uh, containment breach anthology, um, which I, um, I don't know. I just really like his work. I really like the style, especially, um, Honestly, he's one that I, I think his work is better uncolored from what I've seen. There's some artists that like I just like the way they look their work looks in black and white. And his is, is that case is is one of those cases because I, I saw it originally I lettered over the the black and white art and then saw it in color later and I just I prefer the the other one. Not that the color was bad, just I preferred the black and white. But he's just a really cool dude and um he was really, you know, he was a good help on that on that project. Um, and then, um, did you have a letterer? It's always kind of the forgot about category. It is, and I feel bad being a letterer myself. Uh, this, mm -hmm. this again, I, I had kind of joked with you that I wouldn't have a lot for these categories, and I thought for sure this would be one. It would be, <laughs> you know, this was a, a home run for me, and and I kind of struggled with that. You know, I I think I just kind of have the guys generally in mind that I I, I enjoy all the time. But uh, yeah. I'll go with Nate Picchios. Of he does a lot of Dark Horse yeah. books. He's an amazing resource. He recently put out a book on lettering called the the Essential Guide to Comic Book Lettering, which is essential if you're going to learn about lettering. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I refer to it, you know, constantly since I got it. Um, so you know, people like him and Clem Robbins, who, who um, does a lot of the Dark Horse books, I do read a lot of Dark Horse in general. So yeah, but but Nate is uh is one that uh, every year whatever he does, he's an amazing letterer. He's an awesome resource. His fonts are amazing. So I got to mm -hmm. give it to him. He kind of does it all in the lettering community, including yeah. lots of free fonts. Go to blambot.com. Mm -hmm. Get That's those free fonts. <laughs> Blambot like I I just bought, I've always tried to go for the free ones just cuz I'm a cheapskate. Yeah. I bought my first one the other day and love it so far. Um, it's, I just, I forget which one I bought. Euro, Euro comic, I think was the one that I bought. Anyway, I just really, he's a great dude 
Um, I tried to have him on my pod on the podcast. He um, said he was not doing podcast interviews, which was sad. <laughs> oh, that's but, um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I had someone else instead who I will add as my letterer. Um, again, just another person that I just talked to, and so I like them, and so they're gonna <laughs> be my person. Um, it will. My second choice was one who's gonna be one of my indie comics of the year, which I'll get we'll get to in a little bit. Was um uh, but I'll say Hassan Atman Elhow. Um, has he does um he had the podcast um panels and lines, mm. letters and lines, letters and lines podcast. Which if anyone hasn't listened to, great. Um, listen to the episode of this podcast with him on it. We talk a lot about lettering. Um, it kind of gets into the weeds, but I think it's really good. Um, also just a really cool dude to talk to has a super dope voice. I, um, you know, strip panel naked was really formative for me in terms of wanting to make this podcast and just make comics in general. So, and it's still a resource that I literally used this week, um, watch some strip panel naked videos on, um, choreography in nice. comics. And so, yeah, Hassan, um, Hass, he's, um, my dude. Um, so then let's, we can move on to trying to decide where we want to go. Um, Let's do indie comics. Top three indie comics. I'll let you go with one, and then I'll go one, and then back and forth, and we'll 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 hammer this thing out. Well, we'll make this one easy. I've already mentioned it with the writer. It's Magic Powder. It's the total mm-hmm. package: art, um, uh, layouts, everything about this book is great. The covers are amazing. Um, the Magic Magic Powder is is one of my top indie books of the year. Mine. Um, it's not technically a book. It's actually a one-page comic. And um, <laughs> I honestly, I saw it at the very beginning or sometime near the beginning of this year. And I knew like from the jump, I was like, oh, shoot, that's going to be like, I got to put that on my best of list because it's so, it was just so good. It's called Meditation by DC Hopkins. It's all, it's, he's a letterer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that I almost picked to be my letterer of the year, but he, um, j- purely because of this comic, um, but it's, just one page. I'll, I'll send it to you after we're done, but it's, um, it's just one page. It's all about here. Oh, I saved it. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's just really good. It's, I'll have to send it to you to explain it, but it's, it's purely letters. That's, there's no art to it. That's it. And it's, but it's just so good. And it's just so well made that I just honestly took my breath away and really identified with it. And I just thought the fact that a one page comic could be that cool to me, was enough to make it my top of the year it's very it was hard like, wow it was it was exactly it was just like that's such a hard thing to do that i was like all right that's my gonna be my one of my favorites of the year uh what about you your your second pick my second pick is animal castle from ablaze publishing it is a um a uh an homage or, or very much inspired by uh animal farm by george orwell um, I really was looking for something to add to my order. I do online ordering for comics and, and it was a little mm-hmm. bit short and, and was like, oh, you know, it's animals having political strife uh, in and again, you know, a lot like Animal Farm and uh, the covers are insanely gorgeous and it just grabbed me right away. There's just, the, the main character is, is a cat and uh, she's managing trying to uh, with these larger, not all of them are even predators, but some of them are, are just bigger animals that kind of muscle the uh, smaller animals into doing all the work and on this farm. And uh, she's just trying to raise her kittens. And again, she's very striking on the covers and the art is insane uh, by Felix Delip. And uh, the writer is Xavier Dorison. It, 
it was such a surprise. It's a five issue miniseries. I hope that there's more. There's a beautiful hardcover out now. I immediately, uh, when it What's was available, the title again? Animal Castle. Animal Castle. I was. I immediately to upgraded to the uh, to the hardcover, and uh, I recommend that other people pick it up too. Yeah, one of the you can tell it's good when one of the top. You said there's five issues, and then one of the top um, Google searches is Animal Castle Six. So it's people asking for the next one, right? So that's always a good sign, you know? Um, yes. I'm yeah. I always, I always try to check these out. Cause I always hear about so many cool things. Um, interesting. I still, I got black sad this year. I haven't read it yet, but I don't know if it's similar vibes. I just got animal vibes and that's just similar vibes. And I am such a mark for that kind of stuff. So yes, it, it when you read it, it, it belongs on the shelf right next to it. Okay. Black sad is, is amazing. And anthropomorphic noir. I love every time that comes out. It does not come out fast enough. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those that I. That's kind of what I've heard is that it doesn't come out very often, but it's it's a must watch, must read. Um, my next one was gonna be Ghost Planet, um, but I haven't gotten a chance to read it because my comic shop screwed up. Um, oh. I had the preview, um, the Ashcan version, because I had um, Jeff Brandt on the podcast, Grant. But um, anyway, I'm gonna choose Spacewalking. It's a comic by a local creator, um, Lane Goza that um it actually i bought it at literati press which is a small um if anyone any oklahoma people are listening small indie comic shop and small bookshop in the paseo which is kind of the arts district that um that they host a lot of they have a lot of comics they bought they sell some of our comics and um they're also a little publisher but it's it's kind of this girl and she goes as every time she sleeps she ends up on like another planet and it's kind of and she ends up meeting like this sister that she didn't know she had and it's it's just, I just, I think it's really well done. And I think it's, it's really, it's really a weird book. And it honestly might've led to it. It looks like it's leading to a potential collab in the future. Um, it was, it was good enough that I was struck by it that I was like, Hey, I need to tell this person I like their work and that I want to work with them. Um, but yeah, Spacewalking by Lane Goza. Um, what about your, your third option? My third is another self-published book uh, under the banner of Second at Best uh, is the name of his publishing company. But this is, uh, again, with some uh, assistance, but it's basically Matt Emons, E-M-M-O-N-S. He does it all. Uh, he's another one um, found on social media. Love mm -hmm. his style. I'm very much into cartoony art, and he does um, he does a lot of cool uh, – he, he's very into animals – and uh, he has a new comic coming out uh, about frogs, which looks really cool. But this is The Gardener. He's been doing this mm. for several years and finally came out in this awesome Kickstarter campaign, which was hugely successful. An amazing hardcover came out. And I, I, I liked his previous work. I, I had a feeling I would like this, you know, from what he, um, he I was actually part of his Patreon and he put it out there first. I actually stopped reading it because I wanted to read the whole thing in one chunk because even though it was part of his Patreon, I didn't want to have it spoiled there. So I was so glad that I waited. It's an amazing hardcover. Uh, the gardener from Matt Eamons. Uh, mm -hmm. again, if you're into, you know, Tyler Crook or, or James Heron or that kind of art that almost looks like it's alive and, 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 you know, feel, you can feel the motion in it. Um, I, I just think Matt's style fits in with that. And I, I hope for even more success from him. He's, he's, uh, he does a, mm -hmm. a, a podcast, uh, called comics inebriated with yep. Liana Kangas and, yep. uh, you know, they're very funny together. He's just a awesome guy, an amazing artist and, and writer. Again, I'm always impressed with those people who just mm -hmm. so easily and effortlessly do it all. Yeah. That's one of those that I was just did the math. It, he got 400% funded, um, which is ridiculous. 
Um, but I do think that I want them to come out with more episodes of um, Comics Inebriated because um, love it. Um, my third one, I'm kind of going off memory here because um, my phone died, um, Was <laughs> is the Tea Dragon Society. I think it's by Oni Press. I don't know if that's technically indie, but I'm going to call it because it's not one of the big two. Um, Tea Dragon Society is by K. O'Neill. It's this super, super cute... Um, uh, yeah, it's from Oni Press. It's um, it's an Eisner Award-winning book. It's it's just this cute book about these uh, tea dragons, um, and this girl Greta who um, kind of meets this this old guy and his friend who have this society. They're the basically back in the day there used to be this group of people who loved these tea dragons and worship these little tiny dragons that grow tea leaves, and um, they would. It's all about how they're making the tea. And there's three books in the series. There's the Tea Dragon Festival and the Tea Dragon um, Tapestry, I think, is the third one that I haven't bought yet because I'm upset that it's only available in hardcover. And I'm a completionist, and my first two are in softcover, and I don't oh. want to buy a hardcover and mess it up. I feel um, you. <laughs> but anyway, it's just really good, and I'm not no, I'm not going to get into it. I've, beat, uh, I'm, I've lost my copy of it because I lent it to someone, and they've not returned it, or they lost it. So um, I'm upset about that. But anyway, Tea Dragon Society, I think it's really good. Um, it has They even have a card game that goes with it that you can buy. Oh, that's um, cool. I'm yeah, it's available. It looks it. like online for uh, you can read it as a webcomic still. Oh, you can? Yeah, it looks like uh, teadragonsociety.com. I'm looking at it right now. Dope. Any, you should read it. Anybody should read it. I think it's really good, especially if you have kids who like comics or want to like comics. I think they'll dig it because the art style is just super simple. And it's just... I don't know. It's just a really good book that um, I think um, more people should read that I, I, I just kind of bought it on a whim and it ended up being obviously one of my favorite comics that I read this year. Um, and so now we'll, we'll, we'll kind of finish up our list and get to the ones that people know. Um, and with our, the top mainstream comics, the just, you know, the main, the main ones, Marvel, DC image, those types of things. Um, I'm looking at mine, minor. Oh no, I got, a DC, um, a black label, and a, and a, and a marble. So we're, we're good. Um, why don't you go ahead with your, your first one of these? Yeah, so I'm glad you, you gave that disclaimer there. You mentioned Oni earlier. I definitely consider them indie. But when, when I think of mainstream, I think of the big five or so. You know, yep. Dark Horse, Image. Yeah, um, Dark Horse. Even maybe Boom. And then, of course, the yep. big two. So I definitely counted that. Uh, so I, my first one, I'll go with... Um, you know, it, it doesn't really have a title, but I think it has a title. It's basically the Reckless series by Ed Brubaker and okay. Sean Phillips and Jacob Phillips. Uh, they put out uh, two volumes this year. Uh, I think there's four or five total now. Mm -hmm. Every time it comes out, I have to read it right away. I can't put it down. It's amazing every time. I just love the universe they're building in this. Um, well, they go through uh, several uh, eras, but it's, it's basically um, uh, a person who used to work for the CIA. He's now kind of a a, a, a a pi of sorts uh, he calls himself a fixer you know someone who fixes problems as he sees fit but uh he's such a great character uh so many great characters in the book and each mm -hmm. volume is this these nice hardcovers that are one and done stories mm -hmm. but build on this universe and again they skip around every couple of years you know one project he did one uh thing he went on so you never know where it's going to pick up the next yeah. time you get it and again there's there's been two volumes this year he, he, hard to pick a favorite one out of the series but That's every fine. time it comes out it's it's great so it's it's reckless from image comics yeah um i have i only i only ever bought the first one yet and i i just because i know that again i'm a completionist and i'm gonna want to buy the other like four 
and they're hardcovers and that cost money. <laughs> yep. um, mine is, um, I'm going to say Moon Knight uh, from Marvel, obviously. Um, Moon Knight's just one of my favorite characters. And then I think that what Jed McKay's been doing with it, I hope to have Jed McKay on the podcast. I'm going to try to have him on later this year. But um, I think that Moon Knight's a really cool character because you can do a lot with him. You can do like a, I was literally talk, thinking about this the other day. Like you could do a super gritty, you know, down to earth, just street level story. You can do something really supernatural-ish or you can do a really introspective psychological thing. And Jen McKay is like weaving all three of those, all those aspects of Moon Knight that are really interesting from the supernatural to the really gritty and like combining them all together. And it's really fitting with Alessandro Capuccio's art style. And nice. just, I don't know. I, I love the character and this is the longest run he's had in several years. And so I just, I, I'm still, I'm still pulling the book. So I figured that must mean it's pretty good. So um, I'll say Moon Knight from Marvel. Um, nice. Yeah. It's your not, second not a character I've read since, since I was younger. He was one of the few I collected when I was yeah. you know, in my adolescence and early teens, but he's always been a character I like. So it's cool. And he's yeah. definitely one where every couple of years, somebody comes up yeah. with a really good run. Somebody, you know? every, that's the thing. And this is the longest, everyone else, every other run he's had has been like, you know, 10 to 14 issues, something like that. And this one's, it's currently in eight, 18 comes out at the end of this month. So, you know, nice. pretty, pretty good. Glad to hear it. Well, you mentioned it already. Um, I have not been reading as much, especially big two, but again, expanding to the, the big five, uh, you already mentioned it, that you picked it up. So I hope that you read it soon. And that's black sad from dark horse. The first time I think in the series this year that they had, uh, where it wasn't a self-contained story, there will be a second hardcover, I think because, um, maybe because of the schedule, but uh, it's originally, uh, printed in these amazing European, uh, graphic novels. And then they bring it over here to dark horse. And, uh, again, that's black sad. Uh, by Diaz and, and Canellison, and I can never pronounce his name, so I'm not going uh, <laughs> to. Gornado, I believe, is is uh, the other part of the team, and and I I feel so bad uh, that I no can't worries. pronounce because he is an amazing. His art is just insane. The team is amazing. Uh, again, it's very hard noir, but with anthropomorphic characters. And John mm-hmm. Black said the uh, the large black cat that it stars is just amazing. Their expressions are so funny and. Uh, uh, emotive and uh, the action is, is is just great. I just love it every time it comes out. So every year that it comes out, it'll probably be on uh, this list if I if I'm invited back. <laughs> Good to know. Um, like I bought the collection, so I, I'm not with the the individual ones, but I just I I think that's a really cool thing that I wish more American comics would do is like just the and Brubaker and Phillips are kind of already doing it. Yeah. But more of those those kind of single um you know one and done trades like that would Absolutely. just be i think it would be a lot more interesting but also no one i don't think can work at sean phillips pace so um that is know, true too that's the difficult part right ranking them out. <laughs> um my second one is nice house on the lake um nice. which blew my or blows my mind because we're not at the finale yet the finale comes out right before this year ends so probably i think it might come out like the week this comes out but um if you haven't if anyone hasn't read it it's like this horror book uh, where I'll spoil the first issue. Um, these 12 people are put into a, a house um, on this super nice lake house with everything they could ever want and brought together by one of their friends. And turns out he is not human and the world around them has ended. And the story is all about how they survive in this house. Just these 12 people. It's just this really good, like character study, I guess you could say it's just where it's just focused on these few people and it does it really well 
it's James hmm. Tynion and um, I think it's James Tynion. Or is yeah, it, yeah, it is. And yeah, and I've I've heard it so many times that I've never you you should uh, be hired because of your pitch. I guess I hadn't really ever heard the pitch for it so concisely. Well, I think and that's much, the, much more interesting. <laughs> a lot of the pitches don't. I think they kind of don't spoil that right. first issue. Good and point. like <laughs> that's the part. But that's the part that hooked me is once right. I read that first issue. Like I just decided, you know, if I hadn't decided to read it, I wouldn't be into it. But like, I you have to kind of make that jump. And so I hope that I can convince somebody to read it because it's <laughs> superb. And I don't know how they're going to pull off a finale for it because it's one of those situations where I feel like they've built up way too much. And I don't know how they can, you know, bring it to a, a good conclusion. Not that I don't think it'll be bad, but it's just a lot to wrap up in one issue. Um, anyway, uh, your last of your top three books, uh, mainstream books of the year. Well, I'm going to go with another Dark Horse book. Uh, it's not it within the main series. They've been doing, um, they've been doing some uh, some side stories with another character in the universe, and that's Harrow County. Came out yeah. with, uh, I believe, two. Uh, trades were collected this year. Um, Tales of Harrow County got another amazing hardcover to put on the shelf next to the the first four volumes. But that's from it was originally from Colin Bunn and Tyler Crook, and now they've brought in some new artists. Uh, I, I think um, Tyler's moved either moved on to other things or isn't able to keep up the pace. But the book is still great. It's uh, you know Southern uh, fantasy uh, uh, monster tropes, and uh, it's just delightful and wonderful. And uh, every time it comes out, I love it. So I, I'm definitely a, a mark for for many Dark Horse books. But uh, that's one that always kind of pops to my mind when I think of uh, my favorites every year. I, I think I need it. This looks like something I need to check out because I'm always I always really like things like that that are kind of like they're building a universe, but also kind of doing their own thing and not building a universe through like 17 different titles. You know what I mean? Like they're building a universe through like one book and like a spinoff, but it's coming out like one at a time or two at a time. You know, it's not this huge, huge thing. And I just, yeah. Cause honestly I'd love black hammer for that too. And now that's exactly. got a little bit unwieldy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of lost interest. Um, yeah. So they, they've done a really Same. good job. And again, I don't know if that was out of necessity or sales or whatever, or, or, you know, the team wasn't able to keep up whatever it was. Cause you know, I know Colin Bunn, he writes a ton of books and crooks working on some other things too. So for whatever reason, they decided. I, I felt like the series ended well. I wanted more though from uh, the original uh, main character, uh, but you know, again, I'm glad just to see that there's more. And Bernice yeah. is is the character in Tales of, of Harrow County, and, she, and she's picking up right where Emmy left off in the first one, and, and kind of trying to help. They call them haints in the South, you know these these uh, spooks mm-hmm. and things that are yeah. in the in the woods, and, and and it's just it's awesome. I like it. <laughs> I'm trying to look up. Okay, no. I, mm. There's one I read recently as quote unquote studying for um, the book I'm writing right now. And it's just, I don't think it's going it, to, it, it's, I guess if I can add an honorable mention, it'll be Nailbiter um, from Image. Mm. But because um, I just read that like last week and it's good, but it's not, I don't know. I feel like they dragged it on too much. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much. My last choice is Rogues from DC, um, Josh mm. Williamson and, um, Lee, jeez, oh, I knew I was gonna do this. Um, I'll delete this out. I won't delete this. Um, <laughs> Rogues DC, William, son, you guys can listen to me tight. Um, Leo Max, there you go. Um, because I'm a huge fan of the Flash, particularly the Rogues, 
I just mm-hmm. think his rogues gallery, I don't know why, but I really love them as characters. I think they're so cool. And I've always wanted to write a rogue story. And this is kind of honestly along the lines of the rogue story that I want to tell. And so, um, like, kind of, it, I didn't have this exact thing, but basically it's the rogues when they're all old and they decide Captain Cold brings the team back together to go rob Gorilla City and nice. <laughs> um, steal all of Grodd's gold. And it's just, it's four issues of the Black Label book, which I think is is the way that, you know, is putting some good stuff out from DC right now. Aquaman and Andromeda was pretty good. They're just doing weird stuff in there, and I really like it. Um, but yeah, Rogues, um, just because I love the Rogues, and I just think they need to be included. Um, anyway, so that's our list, but I do have a couple other questions for you before we kind of end here. Um, what are your plans or your either your plans or part-time comics plans for 2023. What do you have going on going into the year? Either physical, like I we're going to run this Kickstarter campaign or any more abstract goals that you might have. Well, my main goal is just to, you know, continue to get my creative teams paid. Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, even if I come out a little bit uh, underwater, I want, you know, them to keep working. Um, I want the books to, to get out there. Most importantly, you know, if I end up not breaking even on money, but I have a pile of books that I can get out there, I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, so I want to continue to do that. We Right now, we have uh, we, we plan to do three crowdfunding campaigns. I want to finish Drumsticks of Doom. The first arc will finish at issue four. My hope is to finish that and the trade by summer. And Depowered will finish at three issues right now with uh, issue two again in January and then issue three behind it in springtime with the trade at the same time. So that's my hope right now. Uh, But the last two years I've gone into the next year and two years ago, someone dropped in my lap. Hey, you know, do you want to do a magic the gathering zine? And uh, that was awesome. And last year someone said, Hey, you should do a comic about the comics that are on the shelves in the Simpsons. And I'm hoping one of you people out there, maybe it'll be you Kyler, maybe, someone gives me that that awesome idea that i just can't ignore because every year i go in and i say i i'm, I'm just gonna i'm gonna ratchet it back this year I, i've stressed my finances yeah. my wife keeps yelling at me uh, i have too much stuff to do otherwise and every year something gets thrown into my lap at the end of the year that just kind of uh makes the year a little more exciting but as of right now i want to finish the series well drum six doom will continue but the first arc and the complete mini series for depowered and then we'll see from there um We'll see what the second half of the year uh, opens up once we get these uh, two series with our first trade paperbacks, which is a huge step. My hope when I started part-time comics was to go straight, like like you said, to those larger books, those uh, graphic novels, and yeah. finance-wise, it, it hasn't happened. So this is mm-hmm. a big step for me. I'm finally getting to that point where I really feel like once we're you know in those larger books, uh, they, they, they sell for more, they sell better, they're complete stories. That's where I want to be mm-hmm. as a creator, really, long-term. So so this is a very exciting year. I'm hoping to have two by the end of the year. Are you, would you say that you're more or less worried than you have been going into other years? Um, just, I don't, I, I don't know. I personally, I, I, I was just looking today at um, printing prices and um, it seems like they've gone up and like, so that gets me more worried, but in general, like I assume every year there's a bit of worry when you, kind of plan for your next you know you you make all these big plans it's always worrying to make big plans in a way so i mean are you do you think 
Are you, are you feeling more confident, less confident than you felt in the past? Or how has that changed at all? Or you still I, have a healthy level of worry? I still have a healthy level of worry. I'll be honest, heading into this next, especially the next issue of Drumsticks of Doom, now we've had two successful. I feel like it's really uh, mm-hmm. getting its own head of steam here. Uh, I, I was feeling really good. Obviously, again, I mentioned we're still a little bit behind with Depowered. We had you know not as much success as we wanted with issue one. So I was having mixed feelings, uh, but there's always, you know, that feeling, but I'll be honest with you. I try to be honest with people. I sat down and did my, started doing my end of the year taxes to be ready. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, that one hit pretty hard. So now the anxiety level is very high. Uh, I really need this next one to be as successful as we need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be honest. I, I, it was, it was controlled anxiety and now it's, now it's pretty high going into next yeah. year, but I, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I, I'm doing okay. I have a decent job. My wife works. I'll be okay. We'll figure something out yeah. if we don't get there exactly on our financial goals. But uh, so I, I'm very fortunate in that regard. But it's definitely <laughs> the anxiety's gone up since I sat down and looked at the books and realized, oops, you dummy. You, every time you add, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm going to do this sticker. I'm going to do this. And you don't really add it into the budget and just think it'll work out. It, it adds up at the end of the year. So oops. Yeah. That's, figured that's, out next year. That's kind of one of my worries that I, I hadn't really thought about until probably about a week or so ago. Um, this is the first year that I've had like a, that I've done, I was going to say done comics full time. Obviously I'm not doing them full time, but you know, that I've really put like a lot of time and money and effort into comics. Um, I've always put effort, but you know, this is the first time I've ever put a lot of cash into it. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time I'm ever going to have to do um, taxes when it comes to Kickstarter and um, you know, just, all the just all the funds that I put towards everything else and just like so that's going to be a lot for me just a lot of anxiety as far as making sure that I um, do it all right and get it all handled correctly because especially because I last year I did it for the first time with TurboTax and that's kind of the fact that it's not really a real person like mm-hmm. if it was a real person you know I'd feel a little more confident but I don't want to mean to turn this into the whole financial well I think hour. it's okay to talk about I, I, I go to a tax professional because of that reason I've made mistakes in the past so I have somebody help me with that and i think it it pays for itself but yeah it, it's yeah, something that has I mean. you'd have to acknowledge uh yeah. again i'm in an okay position but i know a lot of people you know if they, if they don't make back their money that's that causes stress to their relationships and their life yeah. and everything else so so yeah it's definitely something we have to think about and be smarter about learn your lessons right yeah. away <laughs> don't be like me every year i'm like it'll work out and yeah. i'm like damn it i'm five grand yeah. in the hole again what the hell did i do why no. did i order all those buttons and pins <laughs> That's one thing I haven't done yet. That's what that's one one of my goals is to do a, a patch, an embroidered patch, because I have I have my my denim jacket that's covered in patches, and so one of my goals is to to do a patch, if not a patch, a pin, but hopefully a patch. But patches are expensive. They are, and I actually again just uh, found out from uh, from a peer uh, a great site. <laughs> that I used to get them. So we have some drumsticks of doom patches coming for you. If you nice. want to add them to your jacket next year. <laughs> nice. I, lo- I just bought, Oh, actually, I need to check the order, status of that order. I think I saw, I ordered one from band of bards and I don't know if they, um, if they're, if they sent that or how that's doing, I'm going to log into my email. Not right now, but I'll pull up my email so I don't forget about it later. Cause if I don't get it started, I won't do it. Um, <laughs> Cause my brain will, will lose it. Um, anyway, um, like I said, that was that's pretty much all I have for you. Um, I I I d- didn't prepare a a end of interview question like I usually do. Um, so we'll Google one really fast. No, you know what? Go to the one of the basics. Have you ever almost died? Um, 
No, I don't think so. Um, I, I've never knocked on wood, never really been in a, you know, had to pull you out of the car accident. Never, I don't think I've ever really had like a choking incident, uh, never had like a medical thing. So I, I, I think I've been lucky in that regard. I'm, okay. There may have been times that I was unaware of it. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet there's a lot of times like that, you know, where we're all just like, you know, I, well, I guess then you, you're getting into like, not, not multiversal territory, but, you know, just like every, if that car would have been an inch to the left or, oh, if this, if the airplane, the bolt would have been just slightly off, you know, all those little details that like technically <laughs> anything could happen to any of us. And I regret asking this question at the end because now I've made it a downer. Um, <laughs> well, actually, well. I guess it didn't because we're all good and we're all fine and we're all here and we're all going to hopefully have a great year. And by the time this comes out, it'll come out like next week. Not next yeah, week. We much more that. success to you. I'm glad you uh, you all are. I know there's been some delays and that could be frustrating, but you know what? You yeah. did it. You crossed the finish line on your first goal. Exactly. Now you're getting the book out there and then more successful will come with that. Yeah, we got we got two planned for next year. One of them might be a Zoop. Not sure yet. Uh, there was nice. talking to them literally today. So um, and then I'm doing my first webcomic this year. So um, hopefully it'll my goal. I've done webcomics before, but I've never stay up with them. And so this year I'm hopefully going to I have the whole first year done, which was a lot for me. So hopefully that'll keep me on track. That's huge, um, yeah. As I just have to start next year's or next 2023's pretty early on, so I can stay ahead of it. Um, anyway, John, that is all I have for you. Um, thanks for coming on. Thank you, sir. We'll be talking to you on the interwebs, and and hopefully uh, do another interview in the future. Thanks for having yes, me.